All right, now, <clears throat> I've obviously formed this message for the ladies. Um, so I'm going to try not like look at my notes too much, otherwise I'm going to be like, good morning, precious ladies. And you're all going to be like, what? So, <laughs> um, so I just want to share um, uh, with you um, guys today of just how the Lord, uh, especially I would say in the last six or seven months, has really spoken to me about um, the intent of his heart uh, for both uh, men and women, but I think more personally to me as a woman, uh, within the kingdom of God, uh, the intent of his heart, the design of his ways, and um, the function. And, And within function... And within design, there's order. And um, I, by realizing uh, the intent for the Lord's ways, um, how he's created things, being expressed, uh, by realizing this and having it revealed to me, has just given me such a... um, such a fulfillment in my days and in my functioning, uh, whether it's as a wife, as a mother, but more so as a, as a daughter and someone, as a female within the kingdom, but his household. And so I'm going to really talk about and come from the angle of the Lord's household um, uh, because that is, I think, uh, such a natural connection for us as as women, um, but also for for men to hear our uh, role and what I believe the Lord's intent for us is, um, and and obviously you've been hearing this morning what you know what um, the Lord's intent is as for men. So my heart has also been that you know the Spirit would conquer and just bring down any strongholds that are actually in opposition to his intent, his design, and the functioning of male and female within this body and within the global church. Um, Because I do think it's quite rampant, um, this identity crisis, really. Um, And, you know, it's not a war, and I was saying to this to the woman, there's no war for equality in the kingdom of God. Because in the world we see this, especially, I, I would say, from the woman's side of protesting, equality, equality. But the war's not on for equality. Um, it's, it's about pursuing the perfect partnership because that perfect partnership was the intent from the beginning. Um, and so let's start at the beginning in Genesis 1. Um, in Genesis 1, it says, it talks about that God created man in his own image. He created male, female. And the, ma- the word man here in this context um, speaks of Adam. But what's interesting is that Adam is, the word is not actually about maleness, but humanness in this context. And for me, that was the first time I'd actually seen it say Genesis 1, he created man. Male, female. So I think in my head I've gone, cool, Adam and Eve. But it's not until Genesis 2 that he actually um, 
says that he took man, put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And then he said, it's not good for man to be alone, right? So I will make him a, a helper that is suitable for him, which I love. A helper that is suitable for him. And so the Lord causes Adam t- into a deep sleep. And as we know, he takes out of the rib the side of Adam. He creates Eve from one flesh, two from one, as a, as a separate entity, yet from the, the same substance, the same DNA. Um, and so the Lord makes him a helper that's not only from him, but suited to him, which I love, right? Because that really speaks to me of how the formation from the beginning, the intent, was that it was one flesh becoming two, and two then becoming one. And the order in which he did this, we can see that it was the male first. (coughs) His function was to rule over, to multiply, to have dominion and fill the earth. Eve, as female, was made second to be a helper who would partner with him with the same purpose in mind. So male and female are created in equal partnership, but with different functions. And I think that is the defining uh, line that uh, we... uh, you know that we need to understand that it's not an issue of equality, but but there is a functioning order that is to be honoured and respected, but more so celebrated because of what can come out of that when it functions in the right order with the intent in mind, in heart, it can express something so powerful, which is the complete image of God. And that's my next point, is that when I'm referencing Adam and Eve, it's not them as the first married couple, but it's the first male and the first female. Um, That the intent of the two expressions was to, and is, to complete the full image of God. And Corinthians puts it this way so beautifully. It says, In the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, or man is independent of woman. For as woman originates from the man, from the side, from him, so the man has his birth through the woman. Beautiful. And all things originate from God, right? So the complete image of God is presented first and foremost in relation to a unique uh, social concept or community, right? The community of God, which... We know when he says, let, let us make man in our image, we can hear the plural, the family concept within him saying that, that it was always to, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a community, family idea that he has in his mind. And as we know, the special community of, community of God that is made to reflect the complete image of God is made up of male and female. And this community is the church who gets its identity, life, and power from God, who is the Godhead. And we can see that picture of Eve and how she gets her identity, her life, and power from God, but through Adam. 
And I, I can't help but see the correlation with the church who gets her identity, her life and power from God, but through Christ. And it's that partnership that the church, as we know, we're hearing about fivefold, especially the apostolic. We are called to be apostolic people sent out. The church is referred to her most of the time. And I, I believe that's because she is of to be the same substance that has been sent from Christ himself, from that intimate space in him, sent out to be the expression of himself on the earth. Um, there is a functioning order of first, then second. That's how it is. And I want to tell you today, as men, I celebrate it. <laughs> it's not a, I don't feel inferior to it. It's, I don't feel squashed by it. In fact, I see submission as the perfect place for provision. And it's actually the place I found in the Lord. Um, within my relationship with the Lord, I've learned what the submission looks like. And I, in the physical, I know the fulfillment of it within my marriage, um, within this body and the leadership over my life and, and as men. Um, I, I receive in a way that builds me up. And, um, and I think that's the intent. It's a partnership. And, um, I need, I need the men in, in my life to play the role to, to express the design of them being males to me so that I can see the full image of God in my life. Um, I, I quickly want to just give you another picture, which was so profound. And, it, you know, it's amazing when the Spirit teaches us compared to when we go looking for things to try, prove our point or, or make a point. But this, I came across this or it came across me, I should say, and it talks about the, the Hebrew alphabet. And, um, you know, Hebrew is such a beautiful language. Um, some say that it's the language that God used to um, speak the universe into being. And anyway, within this alphabet, um, there's 22 letters, and the first letter is Aleph. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's Aleph. L-A-L-E-P-H. And the meaning of this is strong, power, leader, and chief. The number assigned to Aleph is one. The symbol for Aleph is a ox head. Their strength and power are used for many jobs for oxen, including plowing, transporting, and threshing. Which I thought was quite interesting if we think of Adam and what his function within the garden was to do, um, was to work the soil, to toil and to um, thresh and, and to work hard. Oxen are usually yoked in pairs, um, and it says with the oldest being the leader. Another interesting point is that they are taught to follow oral and hand commands by their master. And if I think back to the picture of the ultimate fall and what had happened, was that Adam heeded to the voice of the helper over the master and the commander. And as an oxen, the chief and the leader was out of order, right? Because the divine order is the man is the covering for the woman. Yet the woman spoke into his ear and turned the head as a neck the other way. 
and where did that take us? So um, it's, it's a striking point and it's very serious um, that we know our divine order and we function in that way. Um, and again, I think I've seen enough of that where um, heads are being turned by necks and um, it's out of order and it, it expresses an unhealthy and dysfunctional body. Um, moving on, the modern-day Hebrew Aleph symbol is like a, like a cross, and I love this. It means strong authority commands. Isn't that beautiful? Bates is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, this, this is awesome. Um, the meanings for bait are house, family, inside, a physical house, building, or body of people. The number assigned to bait is two. So good, right? So good. The symbol bait represents the floor plan of a family tent. The woman, what they would do is spin and weave the goat hair to make tent panels. And the panels are added as the family grows. The tent is the central location for the family. And listen to this. The father is the family leader. However, the tent usually belongs to the mother. And the combination meaning of the three letters uh, that make up Bates are covenant family worship. Isn't that beautiful? The household of God. When we gather together, it's, it's a family that are in covenant in the Lord that have come to one place to worship. It's so beautiful. Um, and I hope we can hear the bigger picture and how significant and powerful our roles are uh, within the church as male and female. But I guess for females um, especially, it's in helping establish God's home and his family. It's helping and partnering with the chief and the leader of the house, the males, in establishing God's intent of raising a spiritual family and having a spiritual home in his people. When God said, be fruitful and multiply to Adam, at the first time, Eve was not around. She was not um, a, a separate entity at that point. But God said he needed a helper, and it was not good for him to be alone. Which tells me it's our first as a female, our first um, uh, we have been designed to function, to help, and to partner, and to be suitable. Not only have we come from man, but we've been made for man. Uh, not only have we come from Christ as the church, but for church, uh, for Christ, sorry, to partner with him, right? To establish with him a home and a family. Um, now and into the future. You know, a man once said <clears throat> about woman, he said, give her a seed, she'll make you children. Give her a house, she'll give you a home. Give her grocery, she'll make you a meal. Give her a smile, she'll give you a heart. She multiplies and enlarges what is given to her. And I couldn't agree more. Then he went on to say, if you give her any crap, You'll get a ton of, (laughs) 
I'm not going to say they're weird here, but um, wise man, I thought. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I really have come to understand how authority and headship is first, and also it is the provision for the second, if that makes sense. Adam was made to work, plough, tend to the garden, protect and provide for the woman. And the woman is to help establish and expand what has been given to her. You see, his covering is her provision, right? Christ's covering is the church's provision. And there is a serious responsibility that comes with this provision as it's a strong sense of trust, that's, it's, it's a sign of trust when, um, when we are given the provision. And it makes me think of the parable of the talents, which again I think is such a poignant picture of God entrusting his people with his provision. And how, and how as his people, how we value his provision will determine what we do with it, right? Whether we bury it out of a lack of trust, out of fear, um, or whether we use it, we invest it, we treasure it, we invest it, we multiply it and make greater what has been given to us. Now, of course, um, the coverings that I'm talking about, or the covering and the provision, um, it affects every sphere of our lives, right, in every way. Um, whether it's the coverings of our parents, our grandparents, our husbands, our bosses, um, our elders, uh, leadership here, leadership in our lives. Um, it, this heart attitude affects every sphere. Um, provision, again, that could be anything in the physical, of course, our salaries, cars, uh, food on our tables, roofs over our heads. These things are all provision. And um, it's my point is, uh, as as females, you know, that we have an attitude, especially to to use what we've been given to multiply, enlarge, and expand for a greater benefit and effect for more and all, if that makes sense. And um, like, if I think of of um, you know, what Kirk and I have in the physical, it's how, how am I as a partner, as a steward and a servant within the household, in my physical household, how am I using what, what is coming in to expand and enlarge in, that it would affect people not only within my family but outside of our family, that it would bless and express what I've been given. And if we look at that in the spiritual, the church, how can we... Um, demonstrate and be an expression of what we've been given, right? Because we've been given everything in the Lord, right? It's, it's, um, he is the ultimate provider. And so I'm asking the ladies and I've, the Lord has been asking me is, you know, how, how are we, me and the woman within this body, how are we um, using our ability and the provision we've been given to set up a spiritual home and establish a spiritual family? And 
I'm talking about within this household. I'm talking about within this spiritual family. Because remember, bait means household, building, body of people. And so the question is, for us as women, how are we partnering with the leadership, with the covering, with the men within the church? How are we coming and serving and stewarding what has been given to us as a body to express and establish the kingdom of God, to express Christ, to adorn Christ, to extend Christ as an expression of himself on the earth? How are we stewarding and serving within this body to raise children? And I'm not talking about our little ones only. I'm talking about the young in faith. How are we mothering? How are we, how are we partnering with each other? How are we submitting to the leadership in our lives? How are we using our gifts and our talents? Are we hearing the design of the body, whether it's through fivefold or, or other different environments? But do we view this, these people, and this home as our home? And do we want to be homemakers, right? And the thing is, there's no, there's no real excuse not to function in this way because we've been designed this way. And um, more than that, though, we all have the highest, most ultimate covering, which is Christ. We all have a covering in our lives. We all have the provision of Christ in our lives. Um, and so it's, it's not whether we have a covering in the physical or whether we have a husband to be able to be like this or, or have a boss or anything like that. It's, it, we have been built this way. Our attitude towards the Lord, our attitude towards Christ, how we submit to him is how we will submit to others around us. How we partner with him is how we partner with others. It's a heart attitude that has been cultivated within the heart of how we commune with the Lord and how we see him and how we value his provision to us that we would express it. And I have an example of this. When I went to South Africa a few years ago, I went to a, um, a gathering, a church gathering, and there was this beautiful lady of great age uh, her name was Lillian, and um, I just felt to pray with her, laid hands, and I just got this. She couldn't speak a word of English. She couldn't understand what I was praying, but we were both praying in the Spirit as well. But I got this picture of her being a covering, and it was kind of like I saw this lineage, but she was this covering, and it kind of stopped with her, and then this provision under. And um, I was sharing with the translator like this picture I got and he was like that's that's really cool because she came from a lineage of um, witch doctors she was a Sangoma herself until she met the Lord um, through giving her life to the Lord and him absolutely changing her she now as a grandmother is um, the her family all the way from her down have come to know the Lord. And they, they don't dwell or dabble in any of that witchcraft anymore. And, you know, it just reminded me that I've just encountered a woman who knows who her covering is, who has received the provision of Christ, that she, did, she didn't have a husband. She, 
she didn't need a physical covering to know the ultimate covering, right? And she didn't need physical provision in order to even provide for her family, her household, the provision of Christ. It's, it's amazing. It's supernatural, and it's his design, and we are blessed to um, know that. Um, her serving and stewarding, even within that body, was beautiful. She was a servant and a steward within that household and within that family and was not constrained. I was saying to the woman earlier, you know, if we understand the beauty of submission, we will see that it is the perfect position, position, I couldn't say this last night, position, oh my goodness, help me, (laughs) you know what I mean, right, For, um, for his provision, Okay, submission is the perfect position for his provision, and it's not competition. And we need to, especially as women, hear that we're not in competition. We are equal, and we have different functions, and we are not to be in competition with men in our lives or because it's actually opposing the very design of God. And if we actually find our divine place, we will find the fulfillments because we are provided for in that place. Um, I guess as men here today, you know, hear that if there is submission in your lives from women, it's a sign of trust and it's a beautiful thing. And I was saying to the woman, you know, with the men in our lives and the provision we receive. And guys, I'm not talking about physical provision, okay? I'm, I'm talking about the spiritual provision. The leadership, the eldership over this house, I know that I'm provided for every day through the prayers, through the speaking of the word, through the encouragement, through whatever it is. I am being provided for as a spiritual being. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, the provision of man is a sign of trust for woman, to woman, that he trusts her with what he has to use it in a way that is faithful to him, to his family, to the household. And I mean that in a physical, but more importantly, a spiritual way, if that makes sense. Now, again, I know the reality for for us and as women multitasking and um, it, life can become busy about, um, you know, getting kids to certain places, drop, dropping off, picking up, getting meals on the table, um, paying bills or, or doing whatever. These, these things are all uh, part of the physical reality in life. Um, but, but I know that there's a way to live uh, with our hearts that are full of another world while our hands are busy in this world. And I think that is... Um, the, the kingdom of God, that is the tension, that we can live in a place where we, we can be doing, but we're functioning from relationship, and we're actually empowered by the power, the life, and the identity of our provider to live out and um, to be able to do with capacity, um, with, with love and care. And <clears throat> I... I Before even in the doing, I think it's important to know as for us as women, you know, how we, how, what's cultivated in the home of our hearts um, 
we can we can either you know spend most of our time being busy in the outside world or prioritize the time to become a wife or a mother um, in in the household where Christ is the covering and our partner, if this makes sense. Like, um, how, the questions I'm asking myself is, you know, in my own heart, am I cleaning house? Am I making room for Christ to come and dwell? Am I, am I allow it, allowing him to bring the food home? Am I feeding off his food? Am I submitting to his ways and, and coming under his covering in my heart? Am I cultivating a home for him? Am I a homemaker in our relationship, in my relationship with him? Do I heed to his word? Do I obey when he speaks? Do I, um, do I desire to hear from him, to be with him? Do I desire to serve him, to serve his people here, to serve his family? Do I desire to uh, expand his household here as a spiritual family? Do I desire to raise his children in the faith? Do I desire to um, not only mother, but to be uh, a child and a mother of faith here? You know, am I, am I partnering with leadership, when I hear the vision, um, and I know Greg doesn't like using the word vision, and he means purpose, and I think we all know what I'm talking about here, the vision of this place to pursue God, to love him wholeheartedly. What am I doing that serves that purpose, and am I getting alongside that? Um, so the, the home, I guess, when I'm talking about the home or being a homemaker of that tent, the floor plan, it starts in my own heart. And for every female, it starts in their own heart. Um, and from that place, it expresses itself in the other spheres. Um, and so by making the first thing first, I've said being in service as a help and a steward and establishing God's household and expanding a spiritual family. And to me, this is what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and that everything else will be added. It's making it first in your heart to serve and steward what he has given me and us and to serve the body, to establish his home and his family. And then everything is is added, and I know it talks about that scripture. Um, you know, like don't build your own home first. You know, build his home, and everything else is added. So, what does it look like to function in the role we have been given to establish a spiritual home and expand a spiritual family? I've written here: make the most room in your life for God's priorities. Right. So, not only it's not even making room for his priorities. I guess it's like our heart is where he lives. And so that is, that's loving the Lord with your whole heart and soul strength first. From that place, it's then out of the relationship, functioning, prioritizing what's important to him by knowing his heart, his intent and design. You know, when it talks about the good work in the word, it talks about work that has originated and been empowered by God in life and through faith. And we can see that God, you know, he doesn't just desire any fruit, but fruit that has been in union with him through obedience and intimacy. And 
um, you know, we're hearing in all sorts of different environments the design of God, the intent of the Lord um, for his body and for his household. And if we would incline our ears and hear and be present as, um, you know, as I think women, if we're present in our household, we are aware and we're alert, we're watchful. It talks about Proverbs 31 woman, how she oversees her household and she uses her hands and she... Um, she makes use of what, what she has been given to take care of her household. And it says that, you know, she looks to the future and she smiles. She's not in fear because she has prepared her household for the winter. She's prepared her family. And, it, you know, I want to be that. I want to be a, a woman who, uh, who is helping prepare this household for what is to come, helping establish a spiritual family here, for what is to come, that I would not fear of the future, but I can smile with confidence knowing that I have been a steward and a servant within the kingdom and establishing this, that I can actually welcome the future. And, you know, it talks about that in Hebrews, the, the, all those forerunners, Noah, Abraham, they all welcomed what they saw from afar. It's hospitality. If we want to know what hospitality is, it's being, it's being a welcoming presence of what's to come because we have the confidence of what we've been given, we've used in preparation. Does this make sense? So, um, yeah, that's sort of the household I'm talking about and um, not just in a physical sense but more the spiritual um, I've encouraged, you know, the woman and, and myself to be intentional with our time and our resource, investing it um, into people and his household, um, to not be busy with nothing. And um, in the word, a few times, actually, it talks about one in particular, the context of um, young widows who have become idle and busybodies, and they move from house to house gossiping because they've got nothing better to do with their time. <laughs> and I know, you know, as women, again, that's, that's real potential to, to become in opposition to um, how things are done and then go have a goss and a catch-up and move from house to house. And then in Proverbs 7, it talks about the woman whose feet could not stay at home, and she's on the street, and she's speaking to young men in faith and whisking them away into corners because her husband's away. And it, to me, it's a picture of the church. And as females, uh, as the church, um, we're being warned not to be that not to, to use our time being busy with things that mean nothing, but to be intentional with our time, to be intentional with what we've been given, that it would bless others, extend, extend and express. Um, so practically, I've just made a few things on, you know, what it, what it looks like to function in this way. Um, submit to leadership and receive the gifts. Honor one another and don't compete. Bring the vision to life. Be part of the vision becoming more than what we see, but who we are and what we do. Um, look to the future with faith. Don't be a mouth that is against criticizing and catching up in different homes about what we're not doing right. 
but get on board with what he is doing and speak it into being. Um, raise and nurture the young in faith. You know, take, take the younger ones under the wing and strengthen them and raise them up in the Lord's ways. At the same time, exhort and honor the great of age in faith. Hear from those who are mature in him. The wisdom, incline your ear, um, come under a covering. It's important. Um, feed the household with his word. Um, you know, it's not just a meal on the table that we do at nighttime, um, but it's, it's prioritizing and desiring to feed the body as though it's your own family that need his word. Um, help clean and restore by using gifts. Again, cleaning the household, cleaning the heart out, encourage it because that's where it all starts, a clean home. And it's, it's just interesting the, the time, the appointed times. Like at the moment, we've, uh, we're coming into Passover and then we're going to go into the week of unleavened bread. And it's, it's a time of cleaning, not just the outside of the cup, the inside of the cup, cleaning house. And so, again, it's, are we cultivating a home where the Lord can come and clean house, where we allow him into the dark rooms of our hearts, where we allow him the dusty areas, the places we don't even know exist, um, because from him cleaning the inside, um, you know, we, we, come, we come alive. We can express that on the out. Comfort and speaking words of encouragement to the weak and brokenhearted, bringing light to the darkness. And, yeah, I've put it at the end here, be committed to your home. Be committed to your home. Be a homemaker. Don't go wandering anywhere else. Don't be speaking out anything else or hearing from anything else. And, and I... I had this initial thought, like people were going, oh, what, can we not listen to messages outside the rock? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making the spiritual food from the word, from the Lord, the thing that is our diet, that the thing we live off. Um, live off from your home, your home with him. Leave your home, come back to your home. Be committed to your home with him. Be committed to this household. We go about our day, we go into the workforce, we go and be mums, we go and do whatever, but come back and know that this is the spiritual home, this is the household, and this is the spiritual family. Prioritize these things. Um, I'm just going to finish here and um, just go back to the glorious intention of God's heart from the beginning. Before he worked out this whole entire redemption plan, when he made... Eve, Adam rejoiced and he said, oh, right, this now is the bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And to me, this is just such a picture of Christ rejoicing over his church that Eve, like Eve was from Adam, the church is to be from Christ. And because she is of the same substance of himself, he can look at her and go, oh, the bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh, um, she is like me, not just an image, but 
of my heart, of my intent, of my design. She is of me and from me, suited for me, right? It's, it's such a beautiful oneness of knowing that we have come from him and we will come back to him and um, that we've actually been made to suit him as a church. But will we allow ourselves to be fashioned as God fashioned the rib from from Adam, will we allow ourselves as a church to be fashioned into, um, you know, from the rib of Christ? Um, because while we wait for his return, I pray, it's my, my heart's prayer, that we will be faithful to his home and to his spiritual family, that it will be worth his while leaving his father's house to be joined with us one day. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my heart's prayer. And I pray as women, we would demonstrate that here and, um, within each other's lives that we would be the women who are making homes or making the home hospitable for the return and preparing the way for him to come and be with us again, leaving his father's house and rejoicing at what he sees. Cool. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'm going to just pray and then break for a bit. Yep. Cool. Cool. Of course, Jack. To be honest, I feel like I've shared more maybe... um, I'll say better, but here this time, just in a sense of like, yeah, same piece of paper, yes, yep, same message, um, but obviously just different words and some some spots. Um, cool. Thank you, Lord God. I just thank you that you you are the ultimate, the highest and richest covering for us all as a body, and that all things originate from you. And Father, I bless you and I thank you for your ways for the intent of your heart for us as your people. I thank you for how you have designed things, and I celebrate, Lord, I celebrate how uh, your design is coming to life within this body. Uh, in, in the hearing of the fivefold, in the hearing of uh, the commandment to love you first and foremost, uh, in, in the hearing of what a spiritual family looks like, the prioritizing of uh, this, this spiritual household, Lord, that we would set our our eyes and our hearts on what you are establishing, what you are expanding. And I pray for every heart, male and female, that we would um, have an attitude of being servants and stewards of what you have given to us as a body. I thank you that you are building a church, that you are fashioning a church that has come from yourself, that has been sent out to establish what you look like on the earth. I thank you that you're preparing her on the earth, not in heaven, but on the earth. And I pray that we would allow that process, that adorning, fashioning process to happen within us, firstly in our own hearts, in our, in our own lives, within, um, within our families, within our workplaces, in every environment we go to. I pray, Father, that we would be alert, um, aware of, of what you are doing in every surrounding that we would take care um, of each other, that we would take care of um, our children, 
of our elderly, of our uh, leadership, of purely just of one another, Lord, that we would nurture and encourage, that we would lift up and, and um, encourage the fulfillment of your word, that your word would become flesh in us, that the church would become the manifestation of your presence. I thank you for who you are, Lord, and I bless you. I love you, and uh, I know that you are, you are finding those that love you completely, and I thank you that your intent has always been about a perfect partnership, the ruling and reigning of a church with, with Christ, um, presenting the full image of God. So I thank you. Thank you for who you are. We love you, and we submit our ways to you always.